What is it about a woman being unapologetic about her dreams and her drive, operating in excellence and having high standards that people find so intimidating? Don't wilt, sis. Bloom with opulence anyway. Welcome to the Crowned Opulence Podcast with me, Cassandra Alexis, best-selling author and co-author of The Unchained Goddess. I'm a marketing strategist, coach, and consultant, and the CEO of Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting. But you can call me your Chief Empowerment Officer, empowering you to silence your self-doubt, own your opulence, and market your value to enable you to create your own tables in life and business. In these conversations, we talk about the hard, messy, necessary, yet embarrassing things. You know, those things that we don't talk about as Black women because we think we are the only ones experiencing them or are too ashamed to share our truth while gaining the marketing savviness needed to grow and build our own empires. Think of it as Sunday brunch with your girls or business besties. And yes, the mimosas are included on each episode. I'll let you in on a secret. You aren't alone. We are our sister's keeper here in the Crowned Opulent Society. Sis, it's your time to be unapologetically opulent. And we're here for you. Let's get to it. Hey, lady. I so love my guest that is on the show today. She is so full of wisdom. She has just a beautiful soul and is so connected with herself. Because of this, I could not think of a more perfect person to talk about connecting with, listening to, and trusting ourselves. This has been a journey for me personally that I am still on, to be honest. But then again, isn't all of life a journey? My guest today is Andrea Jones, a.k.a. Infinity Jones, a native of Saginaw, Washington, a graduate of Michigan State University. After college, she moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career as a singer and actor. She has performed on tour and Broadway with Disney's The Lion King. She has also been a background singer for Jessica Simpson, Katherine McPhee, and Barbara Streisand, just to name a few. Now Infinity is using her voice to send messages of love and healing through her music, coaching, and podcasts. She is an advocate for plant medicine, cannabis meditation, and womb wellness. She is in the process of writing her first book. You can follow her on Instagram at Infinity Jones. Her podcast, Jones and for the Truth with Infinity Jones, is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. For all of the latest updates, go to themysteriesgone.com. Let's get to it. Hey, Infinity. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's been an interesting day. I knew I was going to talk to you today, and I was really excited about that. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Yes, absolutely. So where are you this time? I think last time you were on the show, you were in New Orleans? I was in Florida last That's time. Right. Yeah, yeah. You went to this New Orleans time? after. 
I did. I've been globe trotting. So yeah. I am in Lake Tahoe, California right now. Yeah. It's beautiful here. It's absolutely beautiful here. The mountains. Yeah. The mountains and the ocean are my happy places. Absolutely. And it's a vortex in this area too. So you can feel the energy. It's wherever, a lot of times where the natives are, where the indigenous are, that it's a special energetic space. You have to share some of that with us as we talk. <laughs> okay, I will. I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to let us get there organically. <laughs> okay. Before we get started, introduce yourself and let everyone know who Infinity Jones is. I am Infinity Jones, also known as Andrea Jones. I was born that name, but I have given myself the name Infinity because I recognize the divine infinite that is in all of us. I decided that Infinity Jones is always a reminder of connecting to that divinity. So (laughs) I am a songstress. I'm an intuitive voice coach which means I help people find their intuitive voices, the voice within them that it's not about singing a perfect note or writing a perfect song, but allowing that song of your soul to come through. So through meditation, through prayer, and really with healing, it's a cool thing. (laughs) And you're one of my fellow co-authors of Goddess, the best-selling book. (laughs) (laughs) yes a co-author unchained goddess that's a magical project i'm so grateful to have been a part of that with you thank you thank you she's also (laughs) the one that named the book yes the name the unchained goddess so yeah that title credit goes to her (laughs) yeah i feel like the infinite gave that to me kind of just channeled through me and it's worked and so beautiful to see it all come together So what are you drinking? (laughs) I'm so boring. I'm drinking water. (laughs) But wait, you have to do the setup from where you were recording this episode from. Besides Lake Tahoe, you were in your mobile office. True that. I'm in my mobile office, my GL450 Mercedes. (laughs) The doubles as our ride, our TARDIS that gets us from place to place. (laughs) And also my office. Yes. So thankfully you do not have a mimosa because then you would be drinking and driving. (laughs) True that. (laughs) We don't encourage that on the podcast. We encourage drinking responsibly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am doing because I am at home in my stationary office. Exactly. Exactly. Have one for me. You got to have a sip for me. (laughs) So I am drinking, this is a new one. This is guava mint mimosa. Ooh, now that sounds good. That sounds good. So it's Prosecco, guava juice, mint, and triple sec. Ooh, okay. I'll have to try that when I'm not in the car. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So let me know what you think of it. I will. I am so excited to have this conversation when we were working on what the episode would look like. There was just so many different things that we talked about. And one of the things that have come up in all of our conversations, as well as the episodes that we've done on the podcast, has been intuition and the importance that it plays and the role that it has played in your life, especially Define that for us, for those of us that don't know what it is, or maybe are just learning. What exactly is intuition? I thought about this and the best way to describe intuition comes from a quote. And I don't have it exact, but it's from Wayne Dyer. 
And he says, our prayers are us talking to God and our intuition is God talking to us. We pray for guidance. We pray for answers. We pray for so many things, right? And I feel like when we quiet our minds, we can receive the answer through our intuition, which is God speaking to us. So that's how I feel about it. That's the best way to describe it for me. (laughs) That is an incredible definition. And it brings it home because I think I shared this with you last year when we talked on the podcast. It was only through the season of COVID that I put two and two together that intuition was the Holy Spirit, God speaking to you. I always thought they were different. I thought there was like the Holy Spirit and God talking to you. And then there was like your gut. And I always thought they were two different things. And then one day, all of a sudden it clicked. And it was like, those are the same things, which is very different than your ego in the other side of you talking to you. Because that person, that thing talks to you too. Yes. That's a different voice. Yes. (laughs) And that's usually, that voice is usually based out of fear, out of doubt, out of things that pull you away from your true self, your love self, your God self. So you really know the difference in how they feel. (laughs) The shadow self. (laughs) Let's talk about that for a second. Knowing the difference in how they feel. Can you give an explanation as far as your experience has gone, what it feels like when it's God and your intuition that's speaking versus when it's your ego, that place of fear and doubt that's speaking, what it actually feels like in your body? Okay. Well, the experiences that I've had when it was fear or feeling pressure to be like others or expectations from parents or family, whenever I would make a choice that kind of went against my gut or my intuition, those feelings inside, I always felt anxious. I always felt a bit like an imposter. (laughs) Mm. Like I wasn't really being true to myself, you know, just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then there are the times where I would really tap in, tune in and ask myself, ask my higher self. And those times I got tingling feelings, would get goosebumps on my body, would get like signs, like certain, you know, <laughs> a bird would come and fly and land right near me. Things like that. I really watch those. It helps me to know what voice is speaking to me. It mm-hmm. makes me feel good. It makes me feel like it's right. And the more you tune into your body, the more you do that, the more you can differentiate between the two. Gotcha. So, okay, mm-hmm. I got to ask this then. Okay. Sometimes God calls us to do stretch assignments is what I'll call them. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) I call it work, stretch assignments. And those don't always feel good. Sometimes they may feel scary and you may be doubtful if you can actually do it or if it's for you. How do you differentiate between the fear and the doubt that comes from a stretch assignment versus the fear and the doubt that comes from your ego? Okay, here was a moment where I felt in my body that this is what I was supposed to do, but I knew it was going to be a really tough decision. And that was divorcing my ex-husband. And I knew that my soul was telling me, you need to leave. This is not where you need to be. And I had seen signs all the way up until that point. And so to take the step to leave that relationship, I knew was going to be really hard, but I had to listen. I had to listen. And it was a lesson because I had to deal with the fact that I have to tell everybody I'm leaving. 
the guilt, the shame, the feel of failing my marriage. I mean, all of those things. But it was something that I had to listen to within. There were moments prior to that that I didn't listen. And it felt like it hurt me worse. If I had stayed in a situation that was unhealthy to me Mm -hmm. and that I did not see getting any better. My focus was more on leaving. (laughs) Like I had to go. I didn't see it getting any better. So I had to leave. And I really feel like my intuition was telling me. I know it was. I could feel it because it didn't feel. And I had to question it too. It was like, am I really supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? This is like one of the biggest decisions of my life. But I had to do it. I did it. And it was hard at first. But then it was like a sigh of relief. Like, yep, that's exactly what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to leave this situation. And it's going, I'm going to be better for it. Now you're (laughs) caravanning throughout the country. Yes, the idea of that. (laughs) It sounds actually freeing and exciting and also scary to me. Yeah, and it is. I would definitely say I'm an adventurer. I love going on adventure. I love just jumping and then asking questions later. (laughs) That's actually a part of your story. So both of us in our respective chapters in the book talk about our journey to learn to trust ourselves and the journey to get back to that part of us that was always there, that we didn't recognize was there and that we questioned, doubted, thought something was wrong with us for being that way and then realizing that that was always who we were meant to be. Those things were always meant to be a part of us. Let's talk about your journey through this for a second. What caused you to stop trusting yourself? I feel like as I got older, there were a lot of voices out there and I had to differentiate which ones to listen to. (laughs) And there were a lot of times I was following with the crowd. I was following what my parents wanted me to do and not trusting myself. And it felt like it would be harder to trust and to go my own way than to go with the crowd and what everyone else's expectations were of me. So enough times of following everyone else and not listening to myself I decided that I couldn't live that way anymore. But it took a while, took a lot of awakening moments in my life to really realize that I needed to trust myself. And to stop trusting myself was really like putting my blinders on. And it's that empty feeling again, Mm -hmm. just kind of going through the motions. And I feel like that happens to us so much, especially as Black women, because since birth, we're put into a box (laughs) of how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be. We do this because we're Black. We don't do this because we're Black. Like, we're the only race that I've ever heard of where it's the way that you talk, the way that you look, the activities that you like, the music that you like or don't are all kind of like, this is what we do or we don't do as Black people. And then we have people around us from childhood, our friends, our parents, jobs, relationships, et cetera, all pouring into us, pulling on us in different directions. Yes. So it sounds like you said it does sometimes feel like There's all these different voices and heaven forbid, if you're trying to do something that goes against the grain, if you are trying to do something that's different than what your family and friends do. Or even culturally, are you going against what we do as Black people, as Mm -hmm. Black women? And it's an interesting, (laughs) it's a slippery slope, right? (laughs) It is, especially when we have, you know, the saying where if everybody thinks this and you're the one that does it, the problem's Mm -hmm. you. If everyone's saying this, The problem's you. Well, then everyone around you is saying it. So the problem must be me. (laughs) It's like, no, the problem isn't necessarily you. 
<laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be. Absolutely. I commend you for getting back to you, trusting mm-hmm. you. And you have used your intuition to lead in some really big decisions <laughs> and choices in your life. This is not just like, I'm going to date this guy or I'm not. I'm going to go to this club or I'm not like you have done some monumental things in your life because you have felt like your intuition was leading you there. Your story is free. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, when I finished college, everyone was getting jobs and I even had an internship. It was right after college and I knew my gut was telling me this isn't it. Not yet. And I just kept feeling this pull to really follow my heart and go to LA and audition. And everybody was looking at me like, are you crazy? Like I didn't go to university for musical theater or theater or any of that stuff. I went and got my bachelor's of science in like family community services. <laughs> and I was looking into going to grad school and possibly going on to get my PhD. And at that moment, I decided, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to trust that, that this is where I'm supposed to go. So I left. I moved to L.A., started auditioning and just following my soul. My soul was guiding me. And I'm like, okay, because at this point I was in foreign territory. I had no clue. And I was meeting people and being guided. And I ended up auditioning for The Lion King. I got the gig and boom, I was on tour. I was doing Broadway. And it was like, ah, yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. This is amazing. And if I had listened to those doubting moments, which I had them, and there were some dark nights thinking, oh, maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe I don't have enough experience. Everybody else went to college and they have headshots and resumes with pages of shows that they did and all of these things. And the last show I had done was in eighth grade. I did Oliver. I was Nancy and Oliver in eighth grade. So you have done, this is what we talked about before. (laughs) You have done theater. You have starred in a major production. Yeah. The part that you were in eighth grade. The fact is you have done a major production. I even did Broadway. There were times where I was like, wow, this is amazing. I followed my heart and I was rewarded for it. But I also, things started to go so fast and I was getting some really great gigs and I was having like these moments of still like an emptiness or feeling like still not knowing what my purpose was. I had success and I was doing really well financially and career wise, but I felt like there was still more to do. There was still more digging to do, mm-hmm. more figuring out of what my purpose was here in, on, in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I listen to you, it just confirms a couple of things. One, the saying that says favor isn't fair. And there is a difference in what you described versus someone that just says, hey, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to try my chances at Hollywood just because I want to. What I heard you speak of was the thing that God put in you to do when he was leading you and he was calling you and he was directing you to. Your steps were ordered and you may not have had the resume that other people had. You had something bigger than a resume. You had God. And that's the difference. When they say that God opens doors that no man can close and going back to your intuition being God speaking to you, 
You were following his direction. And that's also how you decided to travel across the country and (laughs) see the country. Like, I am just one part of why I'm fascinated and why I keep bringing this up is because stereotypically, that's not what we do as Black people. No, no RVing across the country. (laughs) Wait, say it again. I haven't seen many of us around either. That's not what we do. And I'm bringing it up because I find that there's so much freedom in seeing what you did. You didn't have an example of this. This was not what people in your circles were doing. But again, you were led to do this. And from the things that you've shared have had some incredible and amazing opportunities that you didn't even know things were happening that by you doing this put you in position to take advantage of and to help you to grow. Which what I hear from you saying this is trusting your intuition has given you a freedom that would not have had if you did what everybody else said you should do. Play by the rules. And I did. I did play by the rules and did what everyone else expected of me. And it just seemed like I kept being pulled back into, Andrea, is this what you truly want? Is this you? Is this for you? Are you doing what your soul really, really is calling for? Or are you doing what you think you're supposed to be doing? Or what your parents want you to be doing? Or what society Mm -hmm. or our culture, whatever, thinks that you should be doing? So it's been a journey for sure. But I trust in myself more and more every day. It's helped me trust in my body, in my physical body, like to really know the beauty of our bodies (laughs) and the amazing things that they can do. We're in a time right now where we really have to trust in our bodies in helping us heal from disease and all types of things (laughs) going on in the world. So let's talk about that for a second, because trusting our bodies is not something that we have been taught to do. We have been taught to keep going, push, be strong. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you cry. Don't show any weakness. Like all these different things that even when we're tired, we're empty, we're broken, we're hurt, we have been conditioned to keep going. And in order to keep going, you can't pay attention to that pain, that tingle, that inkling, that twitch, that growth from the smallest to like you're laying on the floor bleeding out. Like, (laughs) right, right, right. It's almost sometimes to that degree where we're still like, we have to keep going. I remember it would have been my grandmother's birthday. And I remember she was 80 something years old in the hospital and she never made it home. And she was supposed to babysit my cousin's daughter. And I remember her saying, I got to go home. I got to keep the grandbaby. At 80 plus years old, you're in the hospital. You're sick. And you're thinking, because she got sick out the blue. You're still thinking, I got to go take care of my granddaughter. I got to babysit my granddaughter. I got to take care of my grandson. My grandmother's great granddaughter. My cousin was her grandson. But still, even in that moment, that's what she was thinking. And I feel like that is so true of who we are as Black women. I got to take care of my family. I can't let my family down. I got to do this. I got to do that. How do you learn to trust your body when your whole life you've been taught keep going? You can't mm-hmm. take off work. You'll lose yeah. your job. Yeah. A human doing, you're doing, doing as opposed to being, right? So you have to find that balance. 
it's a beautiful thing that we come from Black women that were like so strong and resilient. It really is a beautiful thing. I know that's what makes us leaders. That's what makes, makes us, us so who we are. Yes. So we can help the others that are struggling. Come on. We are, we've been there. Here's my hand to help you, to pick you up, to just tell you it's going to be okay. And I think it's a beautiful thing. My grandmother, before she transitioned, was in the hospital, like still praying for the people for the people in the other room other side of the hospital and I'm like grandma please but that was what she felt Mm -hmm. in her heart these are my last words and I'm gonna speak about God and my love for God and my granny she transitioned out of here smiling she was like bye (laughs) she was I'm leaving here my job is done I am gone (laughs) you need a paradise She was 94 and she had six kids. I don't even know how many of us grandkids and great grannies and great, I mean, all of them. So legacy. Yeah, there was a lot of resilience with that lady. But I also know that to live to be 94 years old and not to have any kind of major sickness, she had to trust her body. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so many things for us now to try to help us. (laughs) There's so many things out there outside of us that we forget that the answers are inside of us, Mm -hmm. that our body knows exactly what it needs to do to heal itself from dis-ease. When I found out about Louise Hay, Love her. it changed my life, changed my life. Also, what is it? Queen Afua. She wrote Sacred Woman, a beautiful Black woman, Black queen, you know, goddess. <laughs> and she healed herself from asthma and started to, that was her mission to help other women and also with fibroids, you know, like we had talked about about before. Yes. Yes. A huge part of that is trusting your body and knowing that it can do all the things that it needs to do and that it has the immune system and everything to fight off any Mm -hmm. type of disease. For me, it's like, well, then don't get to the point where you need to fight anything off. Take care of yourself now. Listen to yourself now. Listen to your body now. What's it telling you to do? I saw the other day you were taking a spa day. Now that right there, that's some good stuff. (laughs) Listen, I got to the point, I was like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I love the spa. I stopped going because of COVID. And there were times like at the beginning where I would go get a pedicure and I would make myself sick without knowing it. Because it was the fear from being around people. I would literally make myself so sick. The thing was, I didn't know that I was doing it. I was doing it subconsciously. And it took Mm -hmm. it to happen three times where I had three COVID scares. When I say sick, like I had full-fledged fevers. I would check my temperature. I had a fever. I would, like all the symptoms of being sick, I would have. I would not feel this way until I went around other people. As soon as I would get a COVID test and they tell me I was fine, they would go away. (laughs) I'm so serious. It was like, what the heck? And the thing it took for the third time for me to realize you are doing it subconsciously. And yeah. the next time it happened, I forgot where I went. I started feeling like I was getting sick. And I told myself, you are not getting sick. It is just you being afraid. You are fine. You are not getting sick. I did not get sick that time. And every time after that, I've been fine. But it yeah. was back to the answers are within you. It was like that fear. It was such a subconscious level fear. Nothing in me could tell you that I felt uncomfortable while I was out until I got back home. And each of them were also tied to instances where if I would have gotten COVID, 
I would have had to been isolated from major events. So like one was around Christmas, one was around my birthday, things like that. And so I think it was that collective fear. But back to what you were saying, me telling myself, you're okay, you're not sick, was enough to reverse whatever my head was trying to do that I didn't recognize that it was doing. Yeah. to stop it. And I've yeah. seen times where it's like, I'll have another ache and I'll talk myself through it and it'll mm-hmm. go away. Now I look at Louise, hey, I look at the book or I think about, okay, what's going on with me right now? Am I just anxious? I really have to tune in to what's going on. But you do have to listen to your body. You know, it's telling you. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and- it really is. So but the focus, like you said, the focus on I am well, mm-hmm. I am well. And focused on the wellness. I would love for us to focus more on the wellness and how amazing our bodies are as opposed to all the terrible things that can happen to it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something about being conditioned to do versus be. Yeah. And because we're so used to being all things to all people Mm -hmm. and a lot of our worth being tied to productivity and how much we produce. It puts you in a mindset of doing that being is very different. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we've often had the luxury of doing. So can you break that down for all of us doers, how to become (laughs) peers? Well, I think we all know how, but for me, it's about prioritizing. I know that business is important for us and doing our jobs and taking care of our families, our children, all of that stuff, right? But we have to fill our cups or we don't have anything else to give (laughs) and we won't be doing anything. We'll be laid out, right? So for me, it's like we always, even if it's just a half hour when you wake up in the morning or a half hour before you go to bed, to just tune in into your breath. The breath really focuses you in into that source energy in your body because your body is moving. It's an instrument and you are pushing air in and out of it. You know, you can feel your chest. You can feel all of it in your body and just 30 minutes. But really just take that time. It doesn't have to be anything other than thank you. Thank you for this day. Or when you wake up in the morning, this is going to be a good day. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this day. I'm grateful for waking up today. I I know that I am whole, I'm healthy, I'm complete. And just really, it's so important to just have that time of being with you Mm -hmm. and with Source. Then you could do all you want and you might do it even better because you'll be so like on a natural high. (laughs) Going back to what you said about the spa day that I had on Sunday, carving out that time to just take care of me, to rest, to relax, to just be, like you said. I often would find when I would go get massages that, you know, most people go to sleep. I get an influx of thoughts. And what I learned is the reason why I would get an influx of thoughts is because I stopped doing, and it was the first time that all these thoughts (laughs) would have the chance to surface. And it was, oh, you've made space for us. Attack. And they weren't bad thoughts. It was like ideas. Like you could do this or new ways of solving this problem or that problem. Like you said, it doesn't have to be at a spa. That's mm-hmm. just what I chose to do for the first time probably all year before. I have to tell you a funny story really quick. <laughs> so while I was there, I had a popsicle. I have not had a popsicle in forever. I was in the hot tub and this lady, she had a popsicle with the mimosa. And I was like, where'd you get the popsicle? And she's like, it was part of my drink. So I was like, what? So I was like, I ordered a popsicle and I just laid there. What it was is it's a glass of Prosecco with the popsicle in the glass. 
So it's like the popsicle is dipped inside the glass of Prosecco. Cool. I like that. Yes. So I laid in the little ledge on the hot tub in the sun, eating a popsicle while drinking mimosa. Like I was a five-year-old minus, you know, it was a mixture of a five-year-old with an adult. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Now that's perfect. Inner child, inner child being, right? And that's exactly what I allowed myself to do. And I sat there and I ate the popsicle without a care in the world if it was dripping down my face. (laughs) But it was so freeing and relaxing. And I left so much lighter. Mm -hmm. I had new ideas for the week and just creating that space was incredible. But for so long for me, it took quite a while for me to be comfortable with just being still. The idea of it made no sense to me. I could not wrap Mm. my arms around. So I'm supposed to just sit here and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, you're right. And you observed that when you were getting the massage that all these thoughts came in. So now you know that about yourself. So next Mm -hmm. massage, you could go in there with the intention, (laughs) you know what I mean? Of focusing your thoughts. Okay, I'm going to lay here and I'm going to think about this or I'm going to allow messages and downloads to come to me. (laughs) That's what I did this time. I was like, okay, when you relax, you get more thoughts. Yeah. You need to figure out your birthday. And I went with the solution, with the intention of leaving with some sort of solution for my birthday. Nice. And while I was there, I got the theme for it. Now I'm just trying to figure out how to execute. (laughs) We'll see. But I got the theme. I was like, this is perfect. Now, how do I bring this to life? We're getting closer though. It's a luxury that I think many of us don't have or don't know how to create it. We were talking about, you don't have to go to the spa. You don't have to go get a pedicure. You don't have to create this event. Like you said, you can be laying in bed when you first wake up in the morning. Part of my day that's a really important part is my morning routine with thanking God for waking me up, with doing my devotionals, with praying, journaling, working out, meditating. So you also mentioned tuning in and tapping in. What does that mean exactly? Like, how do you put some context to those words? Okay. When I think about tuning in, an example that comes to mind is like tuning in on a radio station, right? You're tuning in to the frequency that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for some hip hop? Are you looking for some R&B? Are you looking for some jazz? You're looking for some classical? What's your mood? How are you feeling? Right? So when I tune in, immediately I'm thinking of, okay, I want to tune into the quietness, to the stillness of God to the energy of God within me, that the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, but you know what I mean? The source divine, but tuning into that. So for me personally, it's something that I don't have to be in a special place for it, but there are certain places that I can do it a lot easier. I get right into it. And a lot of times out in nature, out Mm -hmm. by the trees, you can feed off the energy of the planet and Mm -hmm. you can just sit still, sit your butt right on the ground. (laughs) Put your root right on Mm -hmm. Mother Earth and really tune into your breath and just breathe in, breathe out and allow the energy to come up through your root and up out your head and back down. And that's tuning in for me, really tuning into that energy. And I can feel it at those moments. A lot of times my body wants to sing. It wants to tune in that way. That's how I tap into that intuitive voice. 
because I know it'll vibrate all through my body. And it doesn't have to be any type of song other than just a humming or light language comes out and it really is just sounds and shapes and feeling. It's really feeling, feeling the mood and the song comes out of you. Everybody has it. It it may not sound like Whitney Houston, (laughs) but guess what? You don't need Whitney Houston to communicate with God. Your song is within you. I got to ask you this. We talked about this a little bit before when we were talking. I was reading an article that talked about how much people are not sleeping since the pandemic. And it's because of stress, anxiety, just so much uncertainty in the world. It's very understandable. And typically when you tell someone you didn't sleep well last night, you woke up at three o'clock in the morning. What's wrong? What's on your mind? For me, and I think a lot of people, just because of the questions, well, because you'll get, well, here, try this, take this, do this to go back to sleep. The answer is how to get you to go back to sleep. Yeah. I've heard often recently about your being awakened, like different Mm -hmm. people with their experiences. They're waking up at three o'clock in the morning, not necessarily because they need a melatonin to go back to sleep, but there's a reason for that. Give us a little bit of insight into some of those reasons (laughs) That you may be awakened at three o'clock in the morning and maybe why you shouldn't be in such a rush to fall back asleep. Yeah. Well, a lot of times during those early hours, you're getting your downloads from God, from source. For me, I would wake up, a lot of times I would wake up at 4.20 and I would laugh because I thought, oh man, I do like cannabis, but why am I waking up at 4.20? (laughs) Not 4.21, but 4.20. Yeah, seriously. I would wake up at 4.20. But when I was writing my chapter for Unchained Goddess, I would wake up really early in the morning during those times. And I knew that this is me birthing this chapter. And when you're having a kid too, when you're going into labor, those labor pains can start at four in the morning. And you got to get up and you got to deal with that. You have to breathe through it. I've had lots of early mornings giving me downloads to write information that Sources has for me. And I get on up and write it. (laughs) There are times where I just go back to sleep afterwards, but there are moments where it's okay. It's important. You have to know that there is a message for you. A lot of those time synchronicities, you know, three, 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 and (laughs) it's really (laughs) legit. That stuff Mm -hmm. is really legit. And there are times where you wake up in the morning and receive information, receive guidance. One early morning, I feel like I was visited by Mary Magdalene. (laughs) And this is some stuff that I was like, I didn't know if I could tell anybody about it because they might think I was crazy. But I really feel like (laughs) I was visited by Mary Magdalene. And then I went on this I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I had to go on this journey to learn more about her. Mm. Things like that wake me up in the morning and it was information for me. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like people saying you don't have to eat (laughs) as much either to live. You don't have to sleep as much, really. You really don't. That's interesting because I will say when the last time I've gotten a full eight hours of sleep, it's funny. I used to sleep at 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm lucky if I get to sleep past eight. For some reason, I just wake up. And there was one while, no matter what time I went to sleep, no matter what day of the week it was, I kept waking up at four something in the morning. My friend told me that's their ambrosia hour. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember mentioning to one of my friends. I have no idea. But when I think of ambrosia, like sweet ambrosia, it's like, oh, this is a time where it's still, most people are still sleeping. It may even still be dark outside. 
there have been times where I've woken up like that and I could see the moon shining down still. So when I think of it, when she said that, I thought of, ooh, like a sweet ambrosia, like a really peaceful time. So I'll look it up and see if that's what it is. But that's that's how I interpreted it. (laughs) Let me know. I feel like I've connected with that because there have been times when I have gotten up at five o'clock, especially during the winter, and it's still pitch black outside and doing my devotionals and praying. It's a very different feeling. It's like you can almost still feel the stillness of the early morning. How like yes. everybody else is asleep. It's like, ooh, it's not as many people vying for your attention right now. Yeah, right? I mean, it smells it. different. It just feels different, right? It's almost like, ooh, am I supposed to be awake right now? But it's also that still quiet time that I feel like you can really easily tune in in your meditation. A lot of times I would get up and just write by candlelight. It made me feel like, ooh, this is my own little special time with God. Kind of like romantic, you know, because it really is about the relationship. It's about the Yes, yes. That intimate time and those whispers, those downloads, that information coming to you at such a special time. I appreciate it so much more now where before I was like, oh, man, I'm awake. Are you kidding me? Please get me back to sleep. Now I'm like, okay, there's a reason. Or maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be journaling or writing. And it really has worked out for me with us being on the road, RVing, and with three kids. It's actually been a really sacred time. So when my body wants to wake up early like that, I welcome it. That's how you get your mommy free time. Yes. I would think is massively important being a mom of three on the road in an RV. But that's awesome that you're able to do that. You have such a freeness and a peace about you that is something that I admire and just how you're able to connect and allow yourself to open up. And you mentioned one thing that I wanted to go back to, and that was trusting and allowing and receiving. And those are things that uh, many of us struggle with. One, trust, because we're taught since children, don't trust. Don't tell people your business. Don't let people in. Keep everything close to your vest. Yeah. Growing up in Chicago, it's like if someone tries to be too nice to you, they want something. Like they're not just being nice to be nice. Receiving something, it's like, wait, what do you want? I tell people like, we're not mean, but if you start speaking and you get a little too close, you up to something. (laughs) We're not the sad word. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, you speaking something's afoot here. But we're often trusting, allowing, and receiving. Many times Mm -hmm. we're giving instead of receiving. Mm -hmm. And I think of receiving even at the simplest of things, receiving a compliment. How many times does someone say, oh, you look so nice. I love that outfit. And then nobody asked you how old it was. Right. That's true. And also that goes with receiving it from yourself, taking that time to give it back to yourself. That self-love thing is a really magical thing. And when you can receive it from yourself, it gets easier to receive it from others. And because when you give it to yourself, you're going to get it back. (laughs) So you get used to get receiving that light, Mm -hmm. that love from others. And it's the same even with forgiveness. It may be easier for us to forgive other people sometimes. And we have to remember that we have to forgive ourselves too. We have to forgive ourselves. We have to release ourselves of guilt or shame or whatever it is and give ourselves that love, that light, or you're going to run out of steam. Just being nice to everybody else before you know it, you're going to be ready to slap somebody (laughs) because you haven't given it to yourself Mm -hmm. and your tank is empty. Absolutely. 
taking that same philosophy of receiving because we haven't Mm -hmm. given to ourselves. Do you think that sometimes the ability to trust others comes from our inability to trust ourselves? Absolutely. Because if you can't trust yourself, of course, you're not going to trust anybody else. You know yourself the best. You know yourself better than anybody else. And so for me, I knew I had to work on because I really had issues with trusting other people. I always had my guard up, didn't want to get hurt. So the best way was just to keep people at arm's length. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have to get close to you to trust you, where then I also wasn't really taking the time to spend with myself either, Mm. to trust myself. Like, am I really trusting myself then? Am I really getting to know who I am taking that time? Spend with yourself, getting to know yourself. That's not always easy. There are some people who really don't like themselves. That's Mm going to be a hard life to live. When the person that you are with that you cannot escape, you don't like. Is yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. So you're looking outside of yourself for happiness or for acceptance or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you got to go in. We were all pretty much forced in. So then it really was a time to sit with ourselves Mm -hmm. and start asking some deeper questions. (laughs) Working on yourself is not for the faint of heart. It's not, but it's necessary. It's necessary for expansion. It's necessary for change. And Mm -hmm. I also know that a lot of people don't like change, that Mm -hmm. it's not easy, but it's constant, right? Things are always changing. I read somewhere that the fall is a perfect time to see how beautiful change is. And up here in Lake Tahoe, I'm seeing all these trees. Yeah, all these trees changing. The colors are changing. The leaves are falling. The pine cones are falling. And it's beautiful, but it's change. It's change. It's The season is from summer to fall is happening. It is no longer the summer season. So there's change happening and we can look around us at nature and see how beautiful it really can be. And I'm telling you, I wasn't always like this, Cassandra. (laughs) I wasn't. I was not like this all the time. But there was a time in my life where I knew that the unhappiness, the sadness within me was created by me. And when I was awakened by that, when I was awakened to that fact, then I realized, okay, first of all, I got to let that soak in. But it's also a good thing because now I know that I have the power to change it with my thoughts, with how I see life. And I have my moments. This morning I woke up, I was excited to talk to you, but I still had this kind of heaviness. And I was like, what is going on? I had to tune in. And I started to think about I just had a little bit of sadness and I didn't know where it was coming from, but I didn't want to ignore it and just be doing. And I decided to be in that and just breathe into it and allow. And I didn't have to say any words. And I started to cry and I just was in my bathroom just (laughs) crying. But I released it and oh my goodness, it felt like a whole weight just came off my shoulders. And it was like, okay, I needed to release that and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. That is beautiful because one, it's courageous. It doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like it was the easiest, you know, Mm -hmm. to allow yourself to feel that. But also it's giving yourself that permission to feel how you feel without dismissing it, without judging it, without minimizing it or criticizing yourself for how you feel. 
I think that just as women, period, not black women, purple women, green women, just we're yeah. hard on ourselves oftentimes yeah. with our thoughts, our feelings, how we do stuff. Why do I look this way? Why do I feel this way? Why are my emotions all over the place? <laughs> not to mention all the cycles, our menstrual cycle, the moon exactly. cycles, the, you know, there's so much. One weekend, I kid you not, my emotions were all over the place. Text Tierra, I was like, hey, what is happening with the moon and the Mercury retrograde? I was like, my emotions are all over the place. I need your help because <laughs> I need to understand what is wrong with me. Yeah. Because I can't get it together. Right. My thoughts and my emotions were all over the place. And it was more of a, I've evolved to know there's a reason for it. Like, okay, now I want to understand, instead of just dismissing it, I want to understand what's causing this. What do I need to do? What is this process? I just understand it. Whereas before it would have just been, I would have got upset and frustrated. Mm -hmm. And now I was like, nope, I know someone with the answer. I'm going to go and get the answer to help me understand (laughs) why I'm feeling this way. That's true. And she explained it to me and I was like, no. And by her explaining it to me, it helps me to process when it happened again, how to kind of like ride the wave through it. And I was like, yeah. okay. But again, part of why I created this podcast was to have conversations like that, where you may not feel comfortable telling somebody you feel this way and feeling like you won't get judged or being able to connect with somebody that could even possibly have an answer and understand what you're feeling, what you're thinking. And while yeah. this particular situation pertains to my emotions, and it was was so funny because then I was on a conference call and something with the computer wasn't working. I was like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> oh yeah, that explains. It's true. Two years ago, I would have known nothing about Mercury being in retrograde. So I was Googling <laughs> it and understanding what it means. But to have those conversations and create a safe space to learn and to grow. And I always have to be the person that's like, I got a question. The student in class where you got the question, but you don't want to ask it because you're afraid of everybody judging you. Create a space where you don't have to feel like that. Um, exactly. Let me ask you this. You talked a little bit about how you weren't always this way. Has your own growth and evolution helped you physically, mentally, and emotionally just in different parts of your life? Okay. One that pops up to me right now is in my relationship with my husband. Partnership, relationships, sometimes we can feel down and expect the, our partner pull us up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe immediately look outside of ourselves as to why am I feeling this way? And Are you feeling this way? Why aren't you feeling this way? <laughs> why can't you help me? He and I talk about a lot of our feelings, emotions, and our relationship has evolved in a massive way. (laughs) Wow. And he knows, like this morning I woke up and I just felt kind of heavy and down. And he gave me my space. And I could have drug it on all day, Mm -hmm. but instead I just sat with myself and allowed it to release. And I cried and I let it go. And I feel like I need to do that in order to keep harmony in my home, to release those emotions so that I can deal with my children. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that ain't easy sometimes. (laughs) I'm just going to be real with you. (laughs) But listen, we need more women that express that being a mom is not always easy. And that creates the space to where you can 
know that you're not alone with being a mom and the difficulties that come with that role. Because so often you're shamed if you see anything other than your little pookies are the most Mm -hmm. amazing, wonderful, fantastic things in the world. (laughs) And you want to be with them 24 hours a day. You never need a space from them. Mm-mm. There's no mother ever that I know, not that I'm a mother, but any mother that I know, I don't know no. ever said that. So it's important. And also changing my perspective on life as far as I am creating my reality. Mm-hmm. I have the power. I no longer am the victim of anything over me or I'm not blaming anyone over me or keeping me from my happiness. Mm-hmm. I am have the power over that, right? Mm-hmm. So that has helped me physically, emotionally. Physically, I feel lighter. I just feel lighter. I don't feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders all the time. And for a long time, I did. And it's an interesting thing because it has affected every part of my life, every single part of my life. And it's still going. It's a journey. You know, it seems like you just tune in, you get better at it. You take that step or you jump and you land and you might land jacked up, but you jump again and you know how to land a little bit better the next time taking the steps to create the life that I want to live emotionally, physically, in all aspects of spiritually, in all aspects of my life. I love it. As to what you say to this next question, I know it's going to be phenomenal. What is one thing that you do to get one step closer to living your most opulent life? Okay, I thought about this. And I've answered this before. And I thought, okay, what came to me is speaking my truth. Truth has helped me get closer to my most opulent because my most opulent life is my most authentic life. It's really being me, being okay with being me. Yes. And allowing all of the goodness and abundance that is for me out there to come to me. Right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Love it because that is so much about what the word means. Like, yes. Opulence by definition is grand, it's wealthy, it's luxury, it's affluence, it's abundant. But that all looks different to every person. And it's the freedom to own and create what it looks like and means for you. Being okay with what it looks like for you may not be what someone else wants for themselves. And there is no, well, my way is right. No, it's this is what it looks like for you. And having that freedom and being unapologetic about creating it for yourself. And I love that you called out recognizing that you create your life. There's so much power in that and recognizing that things happen for us, not to us. Many people who are on earth living in hell that they've created for themselves and they're stuck and they're looking for a way out and they don't realize they're their way out. Like, yes, that's powerful. That's powerful. This conversation has been awesome. I so love talking to you. You always drop so many jewels, man. <laughs> Thank you. We mirror each other, you know. <laughs> I received that. Yes. We I always was... have a good time on this podcast. Yes. I'm excited for the next time. <laughs> I know. There's more to come. More to come. Yeah. How people get in contact with you? Miss Road Warrior. Miss <laughs> Road Goddess. Okay, well, you can find me at Infinity Jones on Instagram. You can also go to my website, www.themysteries, and that's mysteries, plural, dot com. And all the info is on there, my book and my husband, music that we do together. 
our puppet show. We have lots of things. So let's have fun together. We have a lot of fun together. We have a good time now. Listen, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Well, that's right. Awesome. Thank you so much for blessing us with your knowledge and insight on intuition and how we can get closer to unlocking it for ourselves. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I love it. I love this podcast. I'm really grateful to be on here again. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Crowned Opulence Podcast. Visit CassandraAlexis.com for more information. Let's keep the conversation going. Join the Opulent Outcomes Society Facebook group. Follow me at the Cassandra Alexis on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Loving the show? Leave a five-star rating and review. It helps the show and helps other women just like you get one step closer to the opulent outcomes they desire in life and business. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free so you don't miss an episode. Remember, you aren't everyone's glass of champagne and everyone isn't yours. Only a select few are privileged to enjoy you.